As you may have noticed, we are slightly out of order this month. We are continuing our collaboration with Taking a Global Rising Youth. And due to some technical issues, we are not able to do the French podcast this week. And so we will be posting that at the end of the month where my podcast episode usually exists. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. Welcome, bienvenue as CYC podcast discussions on child and youth care. We are continuing today with our collaboration in conjunction with Taking It Global Rising Youth. I hope you are enjoying the increased number of episodes and the range of topics that we have been presenting and exploring and the diversity of hosts and languages that we have been doing over the past month and will continue to do over the next several months. Uh, let me know if you have any feedback or comments or suggestions. You can always email me at Wolfgang period Vachon, V-A-C-H-O-N, at humber.ca, H-U-M-B-E-R.ca. Today, I am speaking with theater artist, mask maker, and arts facilitator, Carmen Lee, who lives in Nova Scotia, about her project, Settle Elsewhere. Welcome, Carmen, and thank you for joining me today. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Thanks for inviting me. Um, oh, you are very welcome. I'm, I'm excited. I... Uh, you probably have no reason to know this, but I've done a lot of theater work over the years and and including mask work over the years. So I'm I'm quite excited to talk to you about this. About uh -huh. this yeah, me too. Oh, good. Could you start by introducing yourself a little bit as it relates to this project Settle Elsewhere? Cool. Yeah, no problem. Uh, my name is Carmen and I am originally from Hong Kong. And my husband, Roland, and I immigrated to Canada five years ago. And then we start um, our own theatre company in Halifax, uh, Nova Scotia, called Theatre de Poulet. And as an immigrant, like, um, uh, we always watch show, show because we are theatre professional, right? So we love watching shows. But most mm -hmm. of the shows are so script-based and it involves a lot of uh, dialogue and wording that sometimes we can't really get most of the content of the show. We usually watch like the witch show or the um, actor structure and what they're doing. And it makes us want to create a theater in Halifax that maybe we can do a theater with like non-verbal. So we are using puppetry and mass to tell the story that we love to tell. And Settle Elsewhere, the project is our second um, uh, idea of uh, from me and because as an immigrant to Canada you always hear about like the good side of immigrant story like oh like they settled in Canada they're happy ever after or even my friend like um, no I immigrant to Canada like they were like oh you are so great I'm so jealous something like that but many hidden stories behind immigrant didn't tell in media or maybe in some conversation with friends 
And that's why I want to do this project to explore this topic full, like character mass first. It's because um, it's interesting to see actor or people only use their body language to express their story. Maybe sometimes by character mask we can't tell really complicated content. But for the aims of using character mask in this project is to reveal the daily life of immigrant struggle. For example, um, for example, is uh, one of the scenery is um, because we are originally from Hong Kong, and we were involved in the Hong Kong protests uh, mm. before. And then when we come back to Canada, or many students that were there in the summer, and then they have to come back to Canada for school, and many times that we listen to the radio or we see on the live stream and we can't do anything and it's just there's a scene that we will that the character listen the radio and then use the audio sound to flashback to protest area like some really simple daily life movement to express the story there's so there's so much in that Carmen around um, around the you know coming to Canada around sort of the the relationship back to Hong Kong about the the different mediums used. Um, so it this is obviously this is an audio medium that we're having right now this conversation through through podcasting. Is it possible for you to talk a little bit about how these complex ideas are expressed? through the body and through mask. How this compressed idea express? Like, is that mean how we express the story through mask or? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you talk about the, the, the the happy immigrant story the the you know we see it all the time in the newspapers as you point out right the 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 Syrian refugee who opens up a bakery and you know life is going wonderful or the you know people who are you know come here and and settle and they they get good jobs etc cetera, etc cetera, or this tragic you know horrible sort of story and what you're talking about is sort of the, the complicated realities of of the um immigrants you, you know people who come to canada and so how do you do that um you know what what does it look like when it's expressed through the body what does it look like when it's expressed through masks i think like because we also put the mask into the city right so when we use the mask it's like Every day, maybe you walk on the uh, main road in Halifax City, but you never notice who is immigrant, like when they pass you, or what they have gone through on that day, or what is their feelings to being immigrant. But when you use the mask in, in the project, the character, like the human, is just pop up on the street that you notice, ah, he is an immigrant, and you will start like looking at him, what he is going through on that day like maybe the character is doing something on the street or at the house or something like that it just make the people more focused on that person rather than 
in daily life, nobody wear masks, right? So you never notice what bad guys are doing because now for technology, many people are just focused on their phone. They're not even looking at the people around them. So um, there's also some story that I collect from maybe Syrian refugee, like, oh, they're working really hard to study their citizenship exam, but they don't have any English base that, and the question is so difficult that even Canadian uh, don't know the answer. Like when we talk about this topic with my Canadian friend, they see the question is also like, oh, I don't even know the, the answer of the citizenship examination. And for, I think for teenagers immigrant, like it's so interesting when I, also do some research with other immigrants. Like for immigration experience can divide into different ages. Like for, for teenagers in school, maybe you, you think like, oh, they will be happy in school or something. But how teenagers go through the immigration process in school is so interesting that I heard like, um, there's a girl that she immigrated to Japan, like she's from Japan. Um, but she was in Canada for a few years and then uh, her mom wanted her to learn Japanese. So she go to Japan for a few years, but at that moment, the Japanese think she's outsider, like in Japan, like they will say, oh, you're outsider, blah, blah, And then after that, they immigrate back to Canada because her mom wanted her to learn English. And then when she got to in Canada and the people also say she's outsider. Like, and then the other story about her is when she has her lunchbox in school, like maybe she's eating sushi, and then the, the kids around her start saying, ew, what is that, blah, blah, and then she start throwing off her lunchbox, or even she sit on the toilet to eat her lunch. Like, I'm so surprised that I never hear this story, because many of my concept is that oh for the children if they can immigrate to Canada is is so great but maybe some conversation didn't happen to the parents and the kids that they never know what going through in their like children's size too I think yes absolutely it's such a that's such a powerful story and a great example of of you know that that dislocation that happens no matter where where one is you you talked about wearing the mask and sort of the mask uh, identifying the wearer as as the immigrant what did the because my my understanding is the performances took place in a in a in a public space at the at the library and involved um, being outside um, and wearing the masks outside how did people respond to the performance? It's interesting because um, some people will really uh, catch up with the performance and really inspiring because it's not always see like a Tiffany blue color mask that people wear, right? And then the masks have different emotion and stuff. But some people like didn't even like see the mask because they were on the phone. So it's quite uh, interesting to see like different people reaction about the performance and I think it quite echo to the space too like 
instead of putting in the theater space, we put in the real life space that where immigrant will be. So it's quite a great impact to the audience, I think. Hmm. Mm. And what was the experience of the performers? Because you you created these masks with young people, did you not? And so how did they respond to the the mask making and the consideration of their experience through the the creation and, and expression of the masks? Mm-hmm. I think it's very interesting for them because in Halifax, not many people are making masks. Or even at school, they will not have <clears throat> workshop of making this kind of mask. Maybe they will make the new neutral mask. But this kind of mask maybe is more complicated because you need to do your own clay first, like do the mold. And also, when they put on the mask, at first it's not very get used to it because like you can't talk you can't talk any words <laughs> so many of them maybe they start doing facial expression within the mask but mm. we have to remind them nobody will see any facial expression inside the mask so you have to exaggerate your body like your hands your leg or your body but not on the face or even though you are doing the scene there's a scene about parents pass away even you cry in the mask nobody will see but you have to express your feelings or think through your body which is quite powerful indeed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and were the the young people did they have other theater experience or were they new to performance Ah, some are new to performance and some have some experience of it. Yeah. And the, you know, you, we're going to post some, some images of the masks that, that you created on the, the websites so people can, can look at it, but the, the, the emotions are quite big. What were the emotions that you were exploring, the emotions of the immigrant experience or the, of immigration or living in a new country? What were the emotions that you presented and explored through the mask? Uh, I think the emotion is the emotion that immigrants suppress during immigration. Like maybe we are talking to Canadian friends or other friends, we put on a mask because we will never mm. tell the truth of what we, what, how we struggle or how sometimes we suffer through immigration process. We never tell, like honestly. So this is pretty a const, not contradiction, like the other way of mask that reveal what we are mm. feeling inside deeply inside so we put on the mask this time which is like sometimes angry sometimes worry sometimes feel upset of course we feel happy too but yeah but it's very complicated emotion i think for mm-hmm. immigration yeah yeah and it, it's so intriguing because of course the as you explained earlier once you put on the mask in order to communicate to the audience you need to exaggerate everything which is the exact opposite of what you are living which is a which is a a, a diminution or a silencing or a hiding so there's there's the to you know to survive or to navigate you you hide these feelings and in the performance you exaggerate the feelings, which becomes a, a, an intriguing 
um, contradiction, I think. As you know, I'm intrigued with this idea of, of mass. This your project, of course, started long before the the current um, coronavirus uh, um, situation that that we're experiencing around the world. But right now, there there is a lot of discussion about the coronavirus, and we see people canceling flights and closing borders, um, different attempts at at quarantining specific people or or at times even peoples, and it sort of started as a as a geographic restriction, and it's moving more towards you know an ethnic or a racial segregation, and it and it starts to. You know, we're certainly seeing in Toronto some some conversations that move into uh, racist rhetoric, um, however subtle it may be presented. And and part of what people's response to the coronavirus is this wearing of masks uh, to protect yourself. And you talked about uh, immigrants wearing masks to protect themselves. And I'm I, I don't know what the question is here, except I'm really struck by the the relationship between between masks as a form of protection, masks as a form of 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 expression. Do you have any thoughts on on that? Yeah, it's very interesting. When I first saw this question, I don't know how to answer it, but it's quite interesting um, thing that you notice about the. The, the relationship or something maybe we can talk about like it's interesting when I in in Halifax now people didn't wear any masks except maybe Asian people will wear masks mm. or immigrant but for the local people they didn't wear masks but I don't know the situation in Toronto is that the same and our project is quite far away before this happened right so I'm mm-hmm. thinking, oh, is that only immigrant will wear masks, like like our show? Yeah, it's just this point that I link into, like immigrant and mask, and now maybe only immigrant also wearing the surgery mask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 a, a variety of people, um, and one of the things I've noticed, you know, masks have have been worn in in Toronto anyways surgical masks have been worn by a variety of people for for a couple of years now I would say several years now and some of the masks uh, have images on them right they're they're quite uh th- there's graphics on the masks you know similar to for example a, a a baseball hat or something like that but often the the images are quite uh on the mask can be quite provocative the images um Anyways, and, and so I'm just I'm quite struck by this idea of the, the mainstreaming of, of mask wearing around and the expression of it and and the relationship to theater and performance and what we how we perform our identity through the masks that we put on in our in our daily lives. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm um, still thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're just their thoughts, their thoughts. Um, accessing um, funds, so so creating arts. Um, I spent many years of my life uh, 
making a living by writing grants and accessing and, and, and I, I know how difficult that that is. Um, uh, and that's me as a, a, a native born Canadian and uh, who grew up in, in, in this country. And I, and I just wonder what it's what it's uh, thinking about listeners who may be uh, intimidated to to apply for funding or um, new Canadians who might not even know how to or where to apply for funding. I just wonder if you had any thoughts about the 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 rising youth grant in particular and then grants trying to access funding and access grants in general as a as an artist and as a, a new Canadian. Um, if you have any advice for people who are pursuing that. Yeah, at first when we arrived in Canada, it's kind of like we were traveling. We didn't mean to settle in Canada, but it's very interestingly, we uh, we travel in Canada through a program called Help Exchange, like Work Away. Like you do volunteer for a host, maybe in a cafe, in, in a farm, and something like that, they provide you free accommodation and food. And in Nova Scotia, we were in Ross Creek Center for the Arts, which is an art center that have performance and also they do arts camp for the kids. And then we were there like working for them for eight months to be a volunteer. And then the artistic director and executive director, they both are theater artists. One of them are director and the other one is actor too. And they like encourage you, oh, maybe you can create your show in Canada. And then at that moment, we are so struggle like, oh, it's so hard to find collaborator, like because our English is not first language. And then I say, yeah, just do it. And then we create our first show is about Hong Kong. It's called the extension of Hong Kongers. And at that moment, we pay ourselves to do the show. Like all the expenses is paid by us and then and then after we did the show like it's all full house and then that couple uh, suggest oh maybe you can apply the grant from Canada Council for the Arts or Arts Nova Scotia. And then I just know, oh, in here has this kind of grant in Canada. I don't know that. And then the couple helped us to create a portal for Canada Council together and then help me step by step. And then I start writing my own grant in English, which is amazing. Mm. <laughs> and, and Well done. Yeah, and then they will help me to proofread, of course. Like I will write all the grant and then and my friend will help me to proofread. And then I also will talk to the officer from Canada Council or Arts Nova Scotia. They will meet me to go through the grant application and tell me, oh, this you can do better or this you can say it like more or this you, you don't have to mention that. Like they give me a lot of advice of applying grants. So now applying grants is my daily life in here, especially in winter. <laughs> I write a lot of grants. It's like uh -huh. gambling, I think. <laughs> you know, like and a lot of waiting and unknown. And you you need to have like plan A, plan B, plan C. If I get a grant, what will I do? What will I will not do? Like there's so one winter is so sometimes the winter in Canada can be depressing. And this one winter, um, I, I think I, I wrote five of the ground, five, and then I didn't get any of them. 
And then it's so depressing that summer. And then I talked to my husband like, oh, maybe we should move back to Hong Kong. Like what what I'm doing in here in Canada, like I'm still doing in coffee shop. Like I know many artists uh, will do some side job as uh, in coffee shop or in in restaurant. But I can't imagine my life in Canada is like that for my whole life. And I'm seeing my my like my classmate in Hong Kong doing other job that is more satisfying. Like I will ask, what the heck I'm doing here? Like so struggle. And then many of the theater artists in this community know our struggle and stuff. And many people come out to help us and talk with us, and then help us more about the ground. And then for our like settle elsewhere is our final show like for this ground from the racing youth is a very beginning of the first step of the project but at the end is a show that involves a lot of logistics and the expenses is quite huge so i applied free grants to produce this show and at the end i got that free grants together Great. yeah Wonderful. so so it's so Congratulations. yeah so happy and so grateful to have the community to help help us through the process and i think to experience all the writing of the grant i think the raising youth grant application is not that difficult as no. canada cancel is <laughs> i i think the question is quite uh, short like quite mm-hmm. easy to answer if you know there's a grant called Racing Youth because at, originally I don't know is there's one day that I have a meeting with the, uh, the couples from Rosswood Center for the Arts in Halifax Central Library and then she just oh give me a flyer and said oh there's a grant application would you like to try there doing a, a conference or something in the hall maybe you can talk to that lady and then I said okay then I just talked to that lady and then I applied the grant online and this is the first grant that I didn't ask people to proofread because oh, I think I, I'm quite confident in it and then I just submit it I get it like it's, it's it's amazing and it's it's so fun to apply the grant in raising youth yeah yes that that's great um you know one of the ideas behind it is is to make it accessible and is to make it uh, easy and is to really lower the barriers um i too have applied for you know canada council and ontario arts council and toronto council and you know science humanity research council lots and lots and lots of grants over the years and um yeah, and they can be very, very difficult and time-consuming. Um, so, yeah, so I, and yes, a lot of rejection. I've never thought of it as quite like gambling, but I think you're not entirely incorrect in that uh, that analogy at all. Yeah, it's so exciting every time you open an email or open an envelope. Now I I know from us Nova Scotia because they send me by envelope. I can touch it and feel it if I get the grant or not by touching the envelope because if you get the grant the envelope is thicker because they involve the check if it is not it's really thin I know like oh I didn't get it this time without opening the envelope yeah. 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 <laughs> um, it's been a it's been a pleasure to, to to speak with you, and I I um 
I, I hope someday I'll be able to actually see some of your, your work. Um, so uh, as, as a way to uh, wrap up, I'd like to thank you. Thank you for having this conversation with me. Thank you for, for talking about uh, the, the project. And is there anything else you would like to say before we say goodbye? I think I'm good. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you so, so much and uh, have a wonderful uh, day and the rest of your winter and may it be productive and end in lots of grants. Yeah, you too. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>